Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marcus Sparks. And today we're talking about S4E13, Grave New World. This is the Halloween special for Season 4 of Pretty Little Liars. Before we jump into that, I think there's just a, a few brief follow-up points we wanted to get to. Uh, I believe it was one of our fans on Twitter, Crystal, pointed out uh, the whole... We were, we were wondering if there was a swim team, a boy swim team at Rosewood High. Mm-hmm. And she reminded us that Ben was on the swim team. And uh, yeah, actually in the pilot, um, Emily says to Maya that her boyfriend is a swimmer. So that would seem to indicate, yeah, there is a boy swim team. We just never really see them. Or Ben just swims. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you... She's like in the context of saying she's on the swim team and Ben's a swimmer too, and he just like swims. Like I feel like she's implying she's on the swim team. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. But I mean, so but physically that we've seen, there's a girl swim team, a boys football team, there's and a, a lacrosse, lacrosse team. team. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, huh. but also seemingly, I would think, I'm assuming it's it's split up by boys and girls, a girls team and a boys team. Probably, yeah. Because Spencer once upon a time was on lacrosse. No, Wasn't she, was, she was field hockey. Oh, that's right. Field hockey. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Are those As was the Paige. Same, are no. those not the same sport? No. <laughs> I thought she lived in the Northeast for a year. I got paid. Well, back then it was just football. That was the only sport that really mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, Ian was a field hockey coach then. Yeah. Okay. I guess you just weren't waspy enough. Because he was her coach in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one more thing. Norman Buckley was tweeting us. He's surprised that we didn't mention just everything about how Emily was sudden, somehow kidnapped in broad daylight and then chained to a uh, a sawmill in a wooden coffin. In our previous episode, yeah. everything about that in the last episode. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. I feel like we were just trying to uh, kind of recap all the action. We, we kind of glossed it over. How exactly does Emily get kidnapped in broad daylight by A or CCU or whoever it was? I don't know. And how in like, what, like a, a couple of minutes, they chained Emily into a coffin, set the sawmill on? I don't know. It's a pretty I mean, slick move by A. Would, would, I would think it would require like an advanced team of like 30 people. A's so just like, that good. Also, adrenalized hyper reality. And again, thanks, Norbuck, for the mention, but he pointed out that the DA of Rosewood was a cameo by none other than Marsha Clark herself. I don't know how I didn't notice that, because I, I clicked on her page on the PLL wiki, and it's like it said like she's the writer of like the Rachel Hunt novels or whatever. Like I didn't make the connection when I was researching the book later. And I was just like, yeah, this DA is played by like a writer. I think she's a YA writer or something. No, that was Marsha Clark. Well, I think you made that comment, didn't you? I think she's a YA writer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still, we don't Basically. know who is reading the Marsha Clark books in this Hastings household. I think it's got to be Veronica. That doesn't seem like Peter Hastings' jam. I feel like he just reads a bunch of like weird like World War II novels or something. Like like New Gingrich novels? Like the no, 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 no. Like, uh, like, like airport novels that take place during World War II. Hmm. I, I feel like that's his, his groove. I would love to hear people's suggestions for what they think. Well, like Scott Turo. Yeah, a lot of Scott Turo, a lot of uh, maybe Jeffrey Archer. Um, what's what's Peter Hastings' guilty pleasure? Dogfighting, cockfighting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Does he feel guilty though? No, he's like I made a fortune off this shit. Can't you just picture him like with this, like uh, you know, nice shirt sleeves rolled up, 
Like in a cockfighting ring. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. I'm going to aim this one right at you. What if in like 5B, like Peter Hastings just drops casually, I've made a fortune in Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't think Peter Hastings is that stupid. Uh, I think also we were probably entirely blinded to some very important questions by our confusion as to why the fuck did Toby take Caleb's car? Oh, I think we asked that question. We just oh, there's, I know, but there's still, no satisfying answer to it. There's just a fog over that. I mean, If I were Caleb, on, I'd be pretty pissed. Later on, I feel like Caleb could turn to Toby and say, Toby, you literally ruined my life. That mm-hmm. actually. That's true. Um, yeah, so... It, well, you can tell episode. we really don't want to talk about this episode because uh, this isn't the best episode of PLL ever. All the references to the Tempest in the last episode, of course, leads us to this grave new world, which has such people in it, though they be monsters in the end. Here's the thing about this episode. It's almost entirely inconsequential. So we're probably going to jam through certain parts of it because it's sort of a backdoor pilot to Ravenswood, which it's we like won't be Ravenswood podcasting. Ravenswood episode zero, right uh-huh. before the pilot. I mean, literally aired right before the pilot. Um, God. Yeah. Also, real quick, I don't know if I'll remember it later. The guy who plays Remy's dad on Ravenswood is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. It took Remy's me forever dad. to play. Oh, that guy. guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Mac, right? He's Mac, the new tech guy. He's yeah. a lot better on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though that show's terrible, than uh, he was on Ravenswood, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I remember I was watching an interview about the girls talking about their outfits in this episode, and uh, uh, besides the fact that Lucy Hale said that she actually dresses in a slightly more subdued but similar style to Arya, um, Trent Bell, sorry, said that she dresses like Spencer, but sometimes not, the not being like Sailor Moon outfits that mm-hmm. Spencer sometimes wears. Um Shay Mitchell said that she doesn't wear the same amount of tracksuits as Emily. But anyways, <laughs> the girls were talking about how they loved their costumes for Grave New World for the first hour. And then they had to yeah. go around in them. Anyway, so this episode is written by Joseph Doherty, I. Marlin King, and Oliver Goldstick. Directed by Ron and Lagomarsino. You would think, with this pedigree, that this would be the greatest episode of PLO ever. I, I suspect what was really going on was they were all in the middle of doing Ravenswood. Because that's the time that they were producing Ravenswood is when they had to do this special. Yeah. And so it kind of feels a little tossed off, like they didn't have a ton well, of time. Yes and no, because there's literally a thing. I can say literally. There's a thing where there's a girl in this who was intended to be on Ravens mm-hmm. and then got recast. So they had to, like. Well, they're probably in the middle of creating that show, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that seems like all of Foray, though, was in the fog of, like, mm-hmm. creating Ravenswood. Um, yeah. And I would guess that they were probably too rushed. So, anyways. This will be an interesting episode for us. We're in Ravenswood on the opening. It's night. Uh, we got some sleazy bar rock playing. We see the four liars are walking down the street in their Halloween costumes. Yeah, we, we pan over from the Rosewood Historical Society and Night to Remember sign to the liars strutting in their ridiculous, ridiculous costumes. Yeah. Um, was there ever a thing on Ravenswood where they talked about like people who founded Ravenswood were like somehow survivors of the Titanic? Because it would work. It would. Yeah. I mean, I these outfits i guess we can start with emily um zoot suit riot i don't know what else to say it's bright blue gangster mall yeah bright blue kind of zoot suit looking thing with a weird like bow tie choker collar and a huge fedora with a feather and then just like boobs like just like so I mean, much cleavage yeah i mean this whole episode could be like that could be your reviews emily's cleavage um she this isn't like the a- kind of show that normally is like showing off a lot of skin but it's really hard not to notice that hannah and emily are just their boobs are just like well, everywhere if this was like if you had like some kind of like 3d boob vision for this mm-hmm. episode you would lose your mind of emily um she looks like a crazy video game character for some kind of like 1920s gangland shoot 'em up yeah uh, there's a vaguely like late 80s michael jackson era 
vibed here as well. With the hats, yeah. yeah. Oh, she started like just moonwalking. I would have, I would have blown up. Uh, so Hannah looks equally booby. Uh, she's dressed up like the kind of dr- Daisy from Gatsby, right? Uh, I wrote down she looks like the drunk lady with the loud mouth and there's too few too many secrets in a Miss Marple production. So same mm-hmm. thing. And just just boobs, lots of boobs. Yeah, uh, Arya uh, is in a uh, I don't know, was that like a magenta and black? top that's it's much more conservative that there's all this like lace and black and magenta and then like a like a weird top hat with a, a black top hat with a magenta ribbon on it yeah and then gloves of course of course they're, they all have gloves on uh i feel like aria's outfit works the best in the sense that it matches the character wearing it the most i could i could see that i mean hannah's isn't bad although it's i don't know she's got like a big weird kind of bonnet hat on that kind of blocks her you know upper half of her face a lot well there's a point where all the girls i think except for aria well no even Arya. no they all ditch the hat eventually. they're all like fuck these hats these yeah. 10 pound hats spencer um, just looks like she walked off the titanic like it's just a you know dress that goes all the way up to the neck you know black dress like a white and kind of under thing like buttoned all the way up to the collar and a mm-hmm. big fancy hat well, in, in the Facebook live chat thing that I, I rewatched, Spencer, or Trembell, sorry, says that she's literally dressed up like Kathy Bates in Titanic. I will mm. endeavor to not say literally anymore. Literally. Um, yeah, I would literally attempt that. Uh, yeah, Arya looks like an adorable evil trickster. Um, so the girls, they walk up in their wall formation uh, to the gates of the Ravenswood Cemetery. The They pause there at the gates and watch the party on the other side of the gates for a moment. And Arya's like, well, what kind of town throws a party in a graveyard? And I think Arya's probably just upset that Rosewood didn't think of it first. Mm-hmm. Spencer says it must be to honor their dead. And Arya says, yeah, they can't do that without walking all over them. Um, I think it's funny because I believe that when the show came back for this Halloween airing, they did a special screening of this episode at a cemetery in L.A., right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, Arya's really concerned about the sanctity of the dead. So Emily asks, what happens to the liars run into A before they find Allison? Spencer says, well, there's four of us, only one of him. And Arya's like, um, yeah, and that, him might be carrying a weapon. All we've got are these 20-pound hats. <laughs> and Hannah says, well, I can't run from the enemy. This girl is cut- cutting off my air supply. And Spencer says, it's a corset. And Hannah responds, it's torture. People really wore this crap? I'm never complaining again about a sports bra. And so then Spencer leads them through the gates, but Emily's kind of hesitating. She's like, wait, you know, we can't, I can't do this. Spencer's just like, we have to get Allison back where A does. I uh, can't back off. And Emily says, it's not A that I'm scared of. I don't know if I'm ready to see Allison. And Ari says, M, we already have. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a typical curious Aria line. Whoa, Spencer's saying we can't back off is the most Spencer thing she's ever said. <laughs> she's like, I can't. That's for sure. I, liter- I literally don't know how. And I'm dragging you bitches with me. Mm-hmm. And so Arya takes Emily's hand and leads her to cross the cross the threshold into the graveyard. Mm-hmm. In they go. Meanwhile, on a bus, Caleb it has the window seat. Totally lame ass side plot with Caleb. The only other person on the bus besides the driver, who I don't think we ever see, is a creepy old guy in the back who looks like an older, shorter version of the guy who plays Lurch in the Adams family. Can we talk about why there's this whole Caleb subplot? Please. I guess we should talk about it now. So Caleb is joining Ravenswood. He's leaving PLL and going to the Ravenswood TV show, which is why they've been setting all this shit up. Which I feel like we've, well, you know, we might have just talked about how Caleb's time in the show is like limited mm-hmm. for the past few episodes. But yeah, in case we haven't said it, that's why he's leaving. Or that's why we said that. Uh, Caleb looks pretty bored, which is only going to get worse. Uh, in the Ravenswood Cemetery, meanwhile, the four well, liars How are... long is the bus ride to Ravenswood? Apparently seven and a half hours. Mm-hmm. 
It may be only 20 minutes away, but or 20 miles away, but fuck. So, back to the graveyard. Liars are walking through some tombstones, and there's some mausoleums around. Mm-hmm. Hannah says, man, people have been croaking in this town a long time. Spencer says, it happens. It's the kind of response you should give right before taking a drag of a cigarette for maximum coolness. Mm-hmm. And then Arya stops suddenly, because there's like these kind of like, kind of, it looks like stone, to me it looked like a stone hand, but it kind of looks like fingers coming up out of the ground, basically. It looked like mushrooms to me at first. Did it? Yeah. Well, they are mushrooms. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it it, it kind of looks like it could be like weird like zombie hands coming up out of the ground, and she mm-hmm. freaks out and points at them, and Spencer is just like, they're mushrooms, show the fuck out. Because mm-hmm. uh, Arya thought they were fingers. So well, they, she tells Arya to get a grip, which is the one thing Arya will never do. Yeah. They walk on, and then Hannah stops to stare at something, and Spencer's telling her to keep up, and Hannah's looking at, there's like, facing away from her is these two little girls in like these kind of red dresses or like red coats with these black kind of big berets on. Uh, and they're just, they, like, they're twins or something. They're, they're staring Long away, twins. and Hannah's just like really creeped out by this for whatever reason. These girls will be important to Ravenswood, but not at all to PLL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she turns back. They continue walking. Arya's phone r- rings. It's Ezra. So she's like, "It's Ezra. I have to take this." And Spencer says, "You know, don't tell him too much." So Arya says, "Hey there." And Ezra answers. He's standing in front of a brick wall outside somewhere. He says, "Hey, I've been trying to reach you. Where are you?" And Arya says, "Uh, look, it's actually not a great time to talk. I'm standing in the graveyard." You what? I'm in Ravenswood. I'll call you later, okay? And she says, "Arya, you need to be careful." And she says, yeah, I will. I promise. Bye. Like, what does that mean? Like, why? Like, Arya, like, doesn't even think about why he's saying that. Or why is she telling that she's in Ravenswood? Uh, meanwhile, Emily is like, She's like, oh, what shit. do you mean I need to be careful? What are you implying? Emily's like, oh, should I create a monster by telling her to, like, talk to this guy again? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, none of the liars really seem to point out. Like, they're like, hey, Arya, are you, like, are you back with this dude or what's going on exactly? Yeah, there weren't ghosts, literal literal ghosts. Um, yeah, so then from around a tomb, we see Ezra. He's dressed as that, like, World War One gas mask doughboy. He's just not wearing the gas mask. He watches the girls walking forward. He's actually, like, not far he's, behind he's them. He's holding the gas mask. He's holding the gas mask. Yeah. Uh, so then the credits, as usual, they change the credits for the sake of Halloween. Uh, I love the change, like, the dead girl's eye, like, the skull flash on the eye. Yeah, and then when it shows the... The title as it blood drips down. There's a bunch of ravens for Ravenswood, so that's a nice touch. Yeah. So after the credits, uh, Caleb wakes up on that rickety old, super old bus. Uh, there's a his female clone is sitting right next to him. Well, it's like the bus kind of goes over a bump, and he he wakes up suddenly, looks next to him, and yes, his this female doppelganger is sitting right next to him. This will be his like love interest on Ravenswood. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, exact same haircut as Caleb. She's hungry. I I feel like I keep searching for this weird connection between food and Ravenswood. Mm. Raven's food. Um, Miranda's just after food. She's basically Spunky Brewster. Um, basically, way too, yeah. Way too quickly starts telling Caleb about the fact that her parents are dead. She has a family in Ravenswood, family being her He's uncle. He's pretty weirded out by her. Her uncle, who may or may not be a vampire. Oh, and she's like, you have a car. Why are you on a bus? Yeah. Uh, he's like, why are you sitting next to me? It's not like this bus is staying remotely. Because she sat down right next to him, even though there's like all these empty seats. Which is creepy. So... Yeah, the guy in the back is scary. The driver doesn't have any food. She wants food. Uh, she had to sweet. And Caleb's like, sorry, I didn't pack a picnic. Which is another one of his weird lines that he delivers. He's got to get those all out before he leaves the show. Mm-hmm. Lot, lot of snark. Yeah, He's got to he go. Wasn't expecting to be on this bus. And she's like, neither was I. I had to switch buses in Harrisburg because some guy, blah, blah, blah. 
where are you headed? And he's like, uh, Ravenswood. And she's like, oh, that's what a coincidence. Me too. And for some reason, Caleb cares enough to ask if she has family there. And she's like, yeah, there's an uncle, but she hasn't met him yet. Maybe she only, he, she only found out that he existed a few weeks ago. Her parents are dead. She's going to go steal the chips from some creepy old guy. And Caleb's like, well, they're going to know you did it because we're the only other people on the bus. And he's, he's like really concerned suddenly. He's like, uh, does your uncle know you're coming? She's like, of course. He's the only family I, I have. And he's like, so who are you living with now? And she, she says, it's complicated. Caleb's like, my and girlfriend, I own that phrase. We own it. Pitter patter goes Caleb's heart. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, are you at a foster home? And she's getting annoyed by this, but she's like, hey, I was in one too. Uh, and he's like, are you running away? And she just kind of brushes him off. She's going to go steal those chips. Uh, compared to Miranda, Caleb is basically the boxcar child. I don't know if you remember those books, but that's who Caleb is, just by himself. Yeah. So we come back to the graveyard. The liars have entered into like a big tent canopy area where there's actual other human beings. And refreshments. Walking around also in weird old time costumes. And it's mostly older people, which is even weirder. Well, Hannah and Emily really stand out amongst the locals because they're so bright, it seems mm-hmm. like. Then um, Arya ponders why Alice would even come to a party like this, you know, because it's clearly in the script, Arya. Spencer wonders if it has something to do with Mrs. Grunwald. Um, then Spencer spies a dude over there. Uh, he's wearing... He's wearing the, the, the Doughboy uniform, World War II soldier uniform. This is Luke Matheson, who will be one of the main characters in Ravenswood. He's played by Brett Dyer, or Brett Deer, who was one of the best bros of one Mr. Keegan Allen in real life. Which, by the way, we were talking about this before the show. If anyone knows Keegan Allen, we've been following him on Instagram. Send help. He looks lonely. Yeah. Looks I don't know if anyone follows lonely. Keegan Allen on Twitter, but like him posting this like sad bastard emo photo of himself being like, I wonder if anyone wants to go to the movies. Like what what's going on, Keegan? Can't is, a single Is this person... like performance art or Well Keegan Allen really needs to take James Franco's career, but can a single person in LA go see Gone Girl with Keegan Allen? Uh, you can go by yourself, Keegan. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's 2014, bro. You can do this on your own. Um, yeah. So, anyways, this Luke Mapson character, uh, I believe, on the show, his his character is like dad, like his, the deceased mayor. His whole Ra- gimmick on Ravenswood is that he just cries all the time, and he's he, curly he tussles and he cries. And Arya says, "OMG, is that board shorts?" Um, yeah, so maybe it's A and board shorts combined. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy does not have a gas mask, by the way. Yeah, Hannah, and he looks. So lost and lonely. Hannah wants to march up to him and ask if he's A or not. The other's like, Hannah? That'd be bad for him. My notes just say, he's not Borchardt Spence. He's just a Ravenswood character. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah's like, you know, we have no idea who he is. Why would a total stranger be after Allison? Spencer says, who knows if he's a stranger to Allison? Arya adds in, or Mona, or Jenna, or Melissa. Um, then a blonde girl comes over and joins Luke Matheson. This blonde girl is Leah Matheson. She, it the seriously actress, doesn't matter. She was supposed to be the guy's sister then she got recast yeah then so there's some bad overdubbing as they change the name and the familial relation throughout the show so spencer says i want to go get a closer get closer to eavesdrop so she takes off and she tells the rest of them to you know keep looking for Allie. and then a like a dude who's sitting behind a desk at like the entryways in like a top hat with white gloves on he's like names and they're all completely dumbfounded by this like they don't know what to say I, I might be miscrediting this, but I believe it was PLL Annotations whose joke was that Arya yells, Anita, and then runs off. Yeah, that was it. The Free Little Liars Annotations. So Spencer's trying to get closer to the blonde guy and the blonde girl and the blonde, the two of them she, split up. She's just lurking. 
Yeah, the blonde girl starts walking one way. Arius, you know, meanwhile says that uh, if that's the creep is messing with Ali, then we need answers. So the remaining three liars start heading after the blonde girl. Hannah lingers behind. Even though Spencer was heading after the girl. Yeah. Uh, you're going to start to see a pattern. Uh, Hannah lingers behind as she sees those two little blonde girls uh, in red coats being talked to by an older woman. Uh, but then the two little blonde girls disappear. Oh, and it's like really like freaks Hannah out. Like she's just like, her whole face is all screwed up. Like it's, t- it's like terrifying for some reason. Hashtag like, very, face. very troubling to Hannah. Uh, Ari and Emily start heading out of this tent. Then Emily's grabbed on the arm by <gasps> Mrs. Well, Green, Mrs. Well, before that, when when Hannah sees these little girls and she's freaked out, and then she looks back and Hannah and Emily are gone. Or, or I'm sorry, Emily and Ari are gone now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh no, they're split up some more. So the Grimwald yeah. is now in a costume herself and wants to know what Emily's doing here. Let me give you like the Grunwald's like lines every single time she speaks. It's just like, you need to leave. You shouldn't be here. That's like all she says. I feel like this episode is like a really shitty like uh, PLL video game that's broken. Well, it, like it breaks the spell of Grunwald because she too many times she goes to like the you shouldn't be here. Like you need to leave. Uh, and Emily's just like, well, we thought we'd try and find other people in town. We might have had contact with Allie and and or uh, and Grunwald's like, or what? You need to leave now, all of you. <laughs> My Emily notes just say Emily shits her pants. I'd say Emily looks like she's about to pee all over herself. So I think she did. Back to Caleb on the bus. Uh, Caleb looks towards the back. Uh, Miranda's really a silly character. So after scoping out the creepy guy, which she's right next to, she pretends to tie her shoe before moving in to steal his chips, which she fails. The giant logo generic corn chips on them. Yeah, uh, she fails badly. The guy wakes up and glares at her, and she like runs away and sits back next to. Caleb and this old dude, she's like, Oh, I guess the old guy's a light sleeper, and he's just like glaring at them with his, like, what does he have, like a glass eye or something? He's either got a glass eye, he's blind one eye. The guy, to me, actually, up close, actually has kind of a very sympathetic face, even though it's weird. It's Um, like, What are you fucking annoying assholes doing hassling me as I'm trying to sleep on this bus? Spunky Brewster, who's dressed like a seventh grader, Mm -hmm. because you shouldn't be wearing that at past seventh grade. Just try to steal his fucking chips while he's sleeping. I mean, yeah, I'd be fucking creepy to people as well. Anyways, exiting the tent back in Ravenswood. Arya's in hot pursuit of Liam Matheson. She, she watches her go around a corner of something there. Well, they hear like a thud. Like a, like a literal thunk of a body hitting the ground. Yeah. And Arya comes around the corner. Hey, there's no one there. That's weird. And then suddenly, somebody grabs her ankle and she screams. It's a scream that reverberates through the dawn of time itself. So I feel like if, if we're going to attempt to analyze this episode at all... Um, it's it. I mean, obviously, a lot of horror movie tropes. Which one of these girls is the final girl? Uh, it's not Arya. I, I mean, think. theoretically, that's that's her being grabbed and screaming right there. That's her like metaphorical death in this episode. I mean, really, it's Hannah, right? I guess Hannah has the most to do. Yeah, I guess he could say that. I mean, so the basic pattern of this episode is, uh, the girls get separated. They they've get lost they find each other some kind of uh half-formed horror movie trope that might be interesting finds them then it becomes silly then they find each other again then they hear somebody scream from another room and they go off and wash rinse repeat um, final girl is a combination of the hero the cutie and the damsel in distress did you just tv trope that oh yeah uh so caleb's on the longest best ride of all time meanwhile he's leaving hannah a voicemail asking why she's not answering her phone i don't know if her voicemail can answer that question also get toby on the fucking phone have your hearty bro come pick you up. Uh, He's like, Toby, where the fuck is my car, you asshole? Come pick me up. Give me your truck. God damn it, Toby. Where's I'm Toby? sorry, Caleb. I am staking out Mona and Shauna. Thank you. Um, so 
Miranda, who meanwhile is nosy as fuck, she asks Caleb who Hannah Won't is. Won't you please go to a movie with me? I'm so lonely. Uh, which is funny because from behind, Miranda looks just like Caleb. I really want to go see Jack Wick. Is okay. it Jack Wick? Is that the name of it? John Wick. John Wick. Sure. I really want to go see John Wick. Yeah. Which Leon like uh, brutalizes Neo. Um, kills his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, go uh, see that movie. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so Miranda knows he's fucked. She asks Caleb who Hannah is. He says his girlfriend. Miranda asks if they had a fight. Caleb says... No, but he's angry from himself for letting her go there to Ravenswood. I'd be more upset with myself for letting. Oh, oh, oh I'm car. sorry. You uh, you allowed her to yeah. go to Ravenswood. How 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 nice that you gave her permission for that ass. Yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Um, Rana asks if Caleb is worried about hand hooking up with somebody else. Caleb says no because it's complicated. <laughs> Rana says, "Hey, if we get the Ravens and we both get kicked to the curb, we can meet up on the next bus out of there." So of course, Rana is like smitten with Caleb. It should be pointed out. Well, from that point, of course, Caleb is like, uh, does your uncle even know you're coming to town? Did you even give him a heads up? And Miranda says no. That way, the uncle can't slam the door in her face virtually rather than physically. Um, then Miranda's like, this hey. This is annoying her. Yeah. yeah, like, don't worry about me. Worry about Hannah, you know. And I'm sure Caleb would love to worry about, her, like, Hannah. If Miranda would keep, like, stop, like, butting into his business. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Arya would despise this chick. Arya would hate her, yeah. Miranda, I think, is clearly obsessed with Caleb because he has better hair than her. And she has she, to know she has to know his routine. What's your, what products are you using there? They're amazing. Um, you have such body and shine. Um, so, Arya, uh, we find that Leah Mapson has fallen to an open grave. Arya that, helps that's who grabbed Arya's ankle. Yeah. Arya's all up in her business asking if she got pushed into that grave. The guy inside... Uh, the guy from inside pushed her into the grave you know, from the tent. The chick says no, that it was her cousin, 80-yard. Yeah. Um, he's not the one who's behind this then Luke comes running up he says that his, his, he sees that his clumsy cousin is dirty Arya tells him that she fell the chick thanks Arya well, Arya's like she fell I guess I was just helping her out <laughs> yeah it's a very awkward stiff scene well, he's like you fell I told you it wasn't safe here and they all stare at each other until it gets really awkward and finally the girl just like thanks Arya again so Arya's like okay I guess I'm supposed to walk away now but can you blame her for just walking away? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't, I don't truck with losers. Um, so Spencer and Emily, meanwhile, they're walking through the cemetery. Spencer's chastising Emily for losing both Hannah and Arya. Again, Spencer and Emily are by themselves. Emily says it's not her fault. She just got jumped by Grunwald. Um, there's a scream in the distance. It freaks Emily out. Then Arya and Hannah walks up. It's like the theory just walked up. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily asks where they all went. Arya's like, well, I thought you were right behind me. Emily says to Hannah, and I thought you were right behind me. And then Hannah says... I saw these two little girls that were freaking me out. I still haven't seen their faces. <laughs> Hannah only cares about the most Hannah's doing business. like yeoman's work to provide some humor in this episode. Seriously, she should get a medal. Yeah. Uh, although I, I do feel like I should point out, like I watched all of Ravenswood. I enjoyed the show. It's, it has certainly had flaws, but like I would have continued to watch it. I think there were just a lot of errors that we can talk about at the end of this episode as to why the show didn't take off. I think that Ravenswood as a concept probably needed like another draft. I think it was close yeah. to being very interesting, but uh, well, anyway, this episode though is flawed in its own way um, for setting up that show. Um, so they, they look up and suddenly, Hey, there's red coat running into a mausoleum. Right. And so it's like, Oh, let's, let's chase a red coat into there. I feel like I'm skipping over something. Oh, whatever. you're skipping over. Um, Arya is saying that there's something seriously weird going on in this town, which no shit, Arya. And Spencer's like, gee, you think? They're <laughs> using headstones as bar stools, which is 
one of the greatest lines that I'm sure Troy and Bellisar has ever got to like deliver and on the show. Hannah wants to know why they're wearing red coats. And he's like, who? The twins. And Spencer's like, why do we care? Seriously. We're here to find Allison, remember? Yeah. And Hannah says, Allie's the one who told us about the blonde twin who stabbed her sister. Yeah. You're like, are they bringing that up to, because it's important or is it just another Halloween episode callback? It's a nice throwback to the first secret. Yeah. Arya's like, can we not tell ghost stories while we're walking through a graveyard? Shouldn't Which, Arya like that? I, I say, honestly, I figure that's what Arya does for fun. Mm-hmm. Arya's uh, one of those chicks who like writes a journal in the graveyard. She's She's got a little uh, Nina Dobro from Vampire Diaries in her for sure. Little, little Tim Burton too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they see Redcoat reading in front of them running a corner. They wonder if it's Allison. I mean, I kind of wonder how they didn't see Redcoat just before then because she should have been like crossing their field of vision quite a yeah. bit. Um, so they, they follow Redcoat into this mausoleum and of course they get inside. No one's in there. Right. It's just a bunch of grays and like overgrown vines. It's like open to the air. There's no roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Arya's like, where'd she go? You saw her, right? And Spencer says, no, we all did. Like, Arya thought it was a ghost or something. And Emily's like, where is she? And they all look around. They're confused. Uh, then we come back from a commercial. And Hannah's like, I don't get it. We were like, what, 10 seconds behind her? And Arya says, how did A get her out of here without us seeing it? Oh, Arya. Emily's like, I'm officially losing this flying saucer. And, like, takes her gigantic hat off and tosses it. Which makes me wonder, like, did they rent these outfits? Did they steal them? Did they actually spend money on them? And, like, because these look expensive. Yeah, well, plus it's it's for a shindig like this. I mean, I'm sure it, I, these are of. probably all like thousands of dollars outfits. I'm gonna guess, like in real life. Well, so two things. Number one, I imagine that whatever was going on at this party in Ravenswood, it was only advertised today because mm. they only that's how they do things in Pennsylvania is day of. But because it's on the day of the event, I'm sure the costume shop could charge even more. But in any of these adventures, don't you think the other three just turn to Spencer? Like, to pull out her charge card? I, I'm going to assume they actually stole them, because they do not seem to care about the costumes at all. Like, Hannah, well, they go Emily the just shop. throws her hat away. They seemingly are talking to somebody at the end of the last episode. Was there somebody inside? See, okay, when I first watched uh, Now You See Me, Now You Don't, that's what I assumed was happening. But what I wanted to see and didn't was after Arya says, like, we're crashing a party, I want her to pick up a rock and, like, <laughs> throw it through a window. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and pretend that's what happened. I love it. Um, so she's like, Arya doesn't steal, but Anita does. Um, so Spencer looks over and she sees that there's no leaves in one spot on the floor of the tomb. She deduces that the giant statue next to it must move to reveal a hidden doorway. Um, so the girls, you know, working together, push the statue aside. We get a hardcore glimpse of Emily's cleavage. I wouldn't call it hardcore. Uh, again, I mean, in, in a literal like, sense. If this uh, was 3D boob vision, you would be motorboating Emily. Right it's, it's hard not to notice that her boobs are just like taking up the whole frame for some of this. I mean, if this was like shown on a movie theater, damn. Yeah. So they they push this statue out of the way, and there's like a secret door with a passage, like stairway stairwell down to a passageway below. Mm-hmm. And so they're all gonna go ahead and head on down. Uh, and Spencer's like, "This has got to lead somewhere." Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead." Um, so they they go down. Arya first, then Spencer, then Hannah, then Emily. Arya and Emily's like, "Where does this even go?" Arya says, "Um, hell." Just a guess. <laughs> nice little line, Arya. Just a guess. Yeah. So they're only a few steps down, and the statue door like just closes behind them, blocking them in. Like it just closes on its own. Emily freaks out even more. Emily's anxiety is going to explode. I'm surprised this episode doesn't end with Emily having a heart attack. <laughs> There's a funny Pretty Little Liars uh, annotation thing where it's all these shots of like the liars reacting to something. 
Uh-huh. And every time it's it like they all have like all the other layers will have these like kind of surprise expressions, but like Shay Mitchell like has this like insane horrified like you know like Eldric terror expression on her face. Uh, it's pretty funny like all these different reaction shots where she's like obviously the most you know overdone. Nice Lovecraft reference mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, like she's basically Colonel Mustard from Clue here. Like I cannot handle any more scares. Um. So Spencer says, you know, hey, it's fine. We'll find another way out. Hannah asks how. Spencer points out that the trip down the stairs and wherever this goes has to lead somewhere. So Hannah just hopes it's the Spencer's car. Because she, she wants to go, go home. home. Yes. Hannah's like, I went off this episode. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer says, okay, breathe. We'll find another door. So at the bottom of the stairs, they're walking through these like old stone passageways, the ancient underworlds of Ravenswood. There's plenty catacombs. of light down here. There's like electricity and lights. In my notes, like sconces. I put, I really want to hear this is part of the Underground Railroad, which I'll get my Lewis later. Um, Emily checks her phone, asks if anyone has a signal. Hannah checks hers and says, no, she has minus three bars. Um, there's weird statues everywhere. There's these weird old-timey electrical lamps lying in the passage. You're going to hear the expression old-timey so many times here. Yeah, and of course the lights are flickering constantly. The statue, it might be crying blood. Who can say? Right. Um, this is basically the kind of early stabs, electricity that you'd see like on the Nick currently yeah emily wonders how old this place is and suddenly the the wind picks up and aria like wonders where this wind is from and spencer's like well there must, must be an open door somewhere mm-hmm. and so they're headed towards this statue at the end of this passageway it's like a naked woman a swan which i think this is like a myth of like zeus and somebody i just don't remember what uh and i didn't care to look it up and so the wind starts to get like really intense, like so intense that they all have to like hold hands in a chain and like duck against the wall or they're going to just be like blown right off their feet. Uh, right. And so Hannah's last in line, Ari is holding her hand and then the lights all go out and the wind's blowing and the wind finally dies down. The lights come back on and Ari says, Hannah, are you? And then she gasps because Hannah is not there anymore. She's been holding the hands of a statue. Somehow Hannah disappeared. Right. And it's been replaced by a statue. How did that happen? How did that happen? Spencer says, where's Hannah? And Emily says, she was right behind you, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. They're calling out to Hannah, but Hannah has vanished. It's, by the way, it's Lita in the swan. Lita? Okay. Lita. Lita. You're going to see that statue so many times in this episode. Yeah. So, uh, back to the bus and the B-plot that no one cares about. Miranda is now seated across the aisle. She's sad. Caleb sighs and moves over. He's sorry. Just, you know, as he's only asking because he's been there before. Has he? I'm not sure if he has. So Caleb then says, you crash into somebody's life like a cannonball and there might be explosion. It's or like, you might just get like thrown a Lexus. It's like he's writing Miley Cyrus's songs for her. Caleb says, I had an uncle too, who turned out to be my father. Turned out to be my uncle father. And Miranda's <laughs> like, that sounds like some redneck shit, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, she's like, are you living with him now? He's like, no, I'm going to keep where I'm living a secret. Because nobody knows where Caleb's yeah. living <laughs> And if that's what you're expecting, don't. That's okay. Get the picket fence and the bedroom with your own door out of your head. Where do you, like, okay, Caleb, you got new clothes. You got, like, a nice luxury car, a luxury automobile. Uh, you're living somewhere on your own in Rosewood. I'd As say, a high school student. I'd say you're doing pretty well. So we find out that Miranda's foster mom apparently threw her laptop into a steaming bath, not with Miranda in it. She, uh, apparently, Miranda's foster mom was also the kind of person who opens up a bottle of vodka and throws away the cap. My kind of lady. I'd rather see a spinoff right now about Miranda's foster mom. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's like, well, then this was a good call. Maybe things will work out. At least you know where you're going. And the uh, bus stops. Her, it will not. 
Yeah, she's like, yeah, sorry, you know, I'm going back to Scranton. At, at least. this point, the creepy guys passed them. Yeah, Scranton. Um, I'm trying to think of who on The Office would be Miranda's foster mom. And it could only be Angela Meredith, Meredith, right? Meredith? Yeah, I guess Meredith works for the Rocket It can't thing. be Kelly Kapoor, because that would be awesome. No, she's too young. What about Jan? No, she adopted. I feel like Meredith probably works. Yeah. Angela would be amazing. Um, so the bus has stopped. Kayla and Miranda get up. He asks if she's sure that she wants to go to do this. Um, she tells him I have a nice life. She asks his name. He says it's Kayla. He, she says that her name is Miranda. It's like looking in a mirror for these two. Yeah. Um, Miranda's about to get off the bus. When she looks over, and she sees the creepy guy from the back of the bus is there. He's about to get off. He yeah. gives her a look, and she freaks out. This is not apparently Ravenswood, or it's like the first stop in Ravenswood. I don't know. Um, so she's like on second thought and sits back down next to them. And they both smile. Zzz. Yeah. This is like a meat boring. Yeah. So back to some passageways. Uh, hey, it's Hannah. She's calling out for Emily and the others. Where are they? She's calling out for Spencer. Walking down a lot of very similar looking halls, possibly the same sets redressed. Uh, eventually she comes to a brick wall and like a white brick wall and help me is written on it in dark red like maybe it's blood mm-hmm. uh, and hannah pulls off her gloves to investigate and kind of touches the red and i don't know if we ever really find out if it's blood or not because then well, she she hears a noise and she's freaked out hannah don't lick it you yeah. don't need to do that just oh. taste, just sniff it yeah what sounds like a bat flies over her head hannah pulls her phone out she it uses a knocks her hat off yeah bye bye hannah's hat she uses the flash on her phone. Uh, then she sees that there's rats everywhere. She freaks out and starts like running. Well, I mean, uh, it's not totally undersell the the horror aspects. She she gets the phone out. It's dark. She can't see anything. She's looking at all the walls and she hears weird noises and shines the light down. And oh my god, there's rats all over the floor. So yeah, it's I, I think Spielberg already did that, but right. This yeah, last crusade. Yeah, I mean, this episode is just a lot of playing with tropes, which I guess. You know, you're doing two shows at once. They can't all be winners. Um, so and she gets them some stairs. She runs back up like she's going to run back up to that same tomb. Only it's not a tomb because there's a real door top of the stairs with a door handle. Hannah gets to it. She tries it for a few moments. I guess the door was heavy. She, like, forces it open, yeah. And then she appears to be inside a nice, super old house. Yeah, it's some sort of old mansion. There's a piano. There's chandeliers. Everything is dark. She walks over, hits a couple keys randomly on the piano. It's and then, very dark, but beautifully shot, this scene. Yeah, I mean, the the lighting and the the, sh- the shoot is all good here. Uh, you know, I, nice nice composition, cinematography. But, I don't know, it's just, this episode just never lands for me. No. Uh, so, she plays a couple notes on the piano and moves out to the hallway beyond. The camera lingers and we see another hand enter the frame and close the piano cover. And there is the gas mask guy, who I'm just going to call Ezra. I mean, we're going to um, split hairs. He was holding a gas mask. He gets. He was dressed as a doughboy. Yeah, so briefly like Darth Vader. Um, so, you know, at the gates of the cemetery, Miranda and Caleb are finally off the fucking bus. They're watching the festivities. Miranda says, I've heard of whistling past the graveyard, but I didn't know you could bring a band. You know, I'll give her this. That's not a bad line. Yeah. And um, she's like, why don't you go ahead, find your girlfriend. I'll be okay. And he's like, oh, I could walk you to your uncle's house. The bus driver, for some reason, knew that it was just down the street over there. Uh, and she's like, uh, no, I can find it myself. You're late. I'm sure you'd rather, I'd rather face my uncle alone. Uh, it's how I'm used to doing things. And Caleb says, yeah, well, yeah, my number, so 
Miranda's like, you've got mine. So chummy. Oh, this is the first time I noticed that Miranda's wearing a lock around her neck, like the kind you'd put on your locker. Yeah. Caleb says, well, let me know what happens. And Miranda says, yeah, I promise. And then she like pokes him on the forehead. And he's like, what was that? And she says, keeps evil spirits away. He says, I've never heard of that one. She says, I just made it up. See how quirky I am? See you around the bus stop. She is DTF with Caleb, I think. Well, Ari would step in right now and be like, shut it down, Caleb. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb's like, right. And so he walks into the graveyard. Um, she's pretty clearly into him as she walks off. She's sighing and then she starts literally whistling past the graveyard, which, uh, spoiler alert, you shouldn't have done that, Miranda, because you die at the end of episode one of Ravenswood. Which actually blew our minds because you and I went to Ravenswood knowing nothing about what that show was about. We well, I don't think anyone would have really known that she was going to die at the end of the episode. It's pretty shocking, but we purposely like didn't even watch like the trailer for the show because we wanted to be so surprised, and we were. So, meanwhile, in the fanciest Southern Gothic haunted house ever, Hannah's marching down a super long hallway. There's again a lot of the old like light fixtures and portraits of people from at least a hundred years ago. She ends up in one room, and it looks like there's one of those like old like dressing shades there. We see there's no one behind it. Hannah's not so sure. She marches around the dressing shade and sees an old timey phone booth. This is the the sort of phone booth that they would have installed early, early in the 20th century when you had like one phone in the house and you had like a special private room for people to take their calls in. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminded me a little Downton Abbey in that regard. Uh, So she gets in in the phone booth that's like encased in this kind of smoky white glass near the opaque. Uh, So she gets in this booth. She tries the phone. There's dial tone, which seems incorrect. I feel like it should be pulse tone, but uh, it's because it's a rotary. Yeah. And so she starts dialing a number. And as she does, we can see like the camera, like someone's approaching from outside the way the camera's moving. Uh, so she continues dialing and the camera moves in close on the door handle of the booth. Meanwhile, back in the catacombs, uh, Spencer, Ari, and Emily are searching frantically for Hannah, calling out for her. They pass by the woman in the swan statue yet again. Emily's giving them shit for letting, or giving Arya shit for letting go of Hannah. Arya says that she never let go of Hannah. She held on her the whole time. And then they ponder, even if Hannah did let go of Arya's hand, why would she just take off like that? And then they get to the wall where Help Me is written, and they see Hannah's hat is in front mm-hmm. of it. So Arya... Emily's like, what is that? Arya's like, A has both of them, doesn't he? Spencer goes over, she investigates the hat, and she's just like, you know, come on, my bitches. So they um, take off. Hmm? And so they take off. And then- yeah, yeah. Back to Hannah in the phone booth. She finally finishes dialing only to get like a screeching on the other end of the line. She yanks the phone away. Well, it's this, it's like a cross between the sound of like nails on a chalkboard and like an evil rendition of a 90s modem. And Hannah says what we're all thinking and she says, stupid phone. She hangs it up. After rotary dialing for 20 minutes. Yeah. She tries to leave, but now the door to the phone booth is closed and locked and she can't get out. She tries harder. She's jiggling the handle and Hannah's like, this is seriously not happening. Uh, and she looks through this foggy glass out, you know, outside. Yeah. She can make out what looks like candlelight approaching and she can well, hear so, footsteps. As a dick of this whole episode, this is a very interesting visual that goes silly fast. We had to make out the, the sounds and what looks like would probably be a person carrying a lit candelabra down the hallway towards it. It's like the stern heavy footsteps of like, like boot, uh, like buckle, uh, the buckle boots or whatever blah 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 blah. it sounds like sound effects possibly borrowed from like timber and sleepy hollow it's creepy for five seconds and hannah whispers she's like oh my god she she raises a hand like she's gonna start knocking but then i think she like decides better uh maybe i shouldn't make some noise because the candles like they're kind of moving closer 
And then suddenly they like spread out like supernaturally fast, like surround the booth. Like they're not being held by human beings. And they start pulsing and flickering super brightly. And then suddenly they disappear. There's nothing, nothing there at all. She sighs in relief. And then the phone rings again. She answers it. And she's like, I need help. But instead, old World War One era music. I believe it's Mama Told Me Not to Grow Up to Be a Soldier or something like that. From a gramophone or something like that. Yeah, like. starts playing, uh, you know, lyrics about soldiers and super old time music. And she just looks around confused. And Hannah's thinking to herself, I shouldn't have taken those, like, peyote tabs before I came into this mm-hmm. town. Uh, around the time that, th- that this episode first aired, I, like, for some reason I had visions of the ending of Twin Peaks in my mind, which might be coming back. And so, like, mind you, one of the ways that this they hype this episode at the end of it would be that you would definitely know if Alison Diorentis was alive or dead. Yes. So I always figured, and especially when I was watching this live, that the twist would be that she was dead, seriously dead. That sure, Grunwald pulled her out of the grave, and Alice disappeared off the adventures, and then she somehow died here in Ravenswood. And I just assumed that the haunted house was like replaying like Allison's last moments or something. Mm, that's a nice part of me, theory. Part of me wishes that had been the case. So elsewhere in the spooky house, there's a knock on the door, and then it opens, and Miranda walks in. She calls out hello, and just starts like walking in, because that's what you do. Yeah. Uh... She just walks into this old mansion. There's like all these portraits in the hall, some black and white photos, fancy old oil painting portrait. There's one of a mother, a mother with uh, two twin daughters, and she's just moving along. Uh, back to a fancy. Well, sorry, go ahead. Was any of the sets in this house actually used in Ravenswood for the uncle's house? I don't know. I feel like they should have been, but I mean that, that would have been ideal. But I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Because I wonder. I mean, like basically, was this in New Orleans or is this in L.A.? I think this is probably in L.A., that's the thing. So elsewhere, presumably in the same house, Arya, Spencer, and Emily come bursting into the house. We see that they're illuminated over the electric candles. Um, They're in like a music room? uh, Yeah, it's like a music room. There's all these chairs set out with instruments like violins and clarinets and flutes uh, with music stands in front of them with sheet music. This is Uh, centered around a piano, but not the same piano that we saw Weirdly, yeah. Uh, And so Spencer's like, Hannah? And it looks like everything's all ready for a recital, basically. And Arya says, a door in a crypt that leads to a tunnel that comes up inside a mansion? What kind exactly. of zoning laws does this ha- town have? Good question. Exactly, so, Arya. Well, way back Arya's going to walk into the planning office of Ravenswood and be like, shut it down. <laughs> well, way back when, while Rosewood, you know, really started to plan their city with the modern pedophile in mind, mm-hmm. Ravenswood wanted to evoke that classic playful spirit of the haunted necrophilia murderscape. Um, so the Emily, you know, because she heard my notes earlier, says it could be from Prohibition, maybe even the Underground Railroad. Underground Railroad is the laziest and ever so slightly offensive, like, excuse for secret passageways. Which I feel like just wouldn't hit with a lot of the teenage audience. Here. Well, because oh. it's always like, oh, yeah, sure, your your old, like, ancestors had this old mansion in the South, but it's okay. It's cool. They had an Underground Railroad. They were the good Southerners. Didn't. Batman Begins have a oh, yeah. uh-huh. reference to that. Um, so yeah, we see that on the sheet music, the song music, the song, the sheet music is for "I Didn't Raise My Boy to Be a Soldier." There's like a, a Spencer reaches out for her, but then water starts dripping on her. Yeah, and she looks up, and this like kind of dark, rusty water is dripping from the ceiling. And Emily's like, "That's just rusty water, right?" Uh, and then they hear a scream, and then from another direction, they hear another scream, and then they hear what sounds a hell of a lot like Allison's voice. Says, "They'll find out. My friends know I'm here." And so Spencer rushes forward through the door where the sound is coming from, and Emily calls out, Allie! And then her and Arya, like, rush after her, but then when they get through the door, always empty. Where did Spencer go? Arya wonders. 
So back to the phone booth. Hannah is still stuck inside. She's kind of weakly pounding. Uh, now she's trying to pick the lock. She's like, come on. She's trying to get that lock open. Then she stops because it's not working. She sighs. Outside, we hear a door open. And through the smoky glass, we see a blonde and wearing red approaching. And as the figure gets closer, it appears to be Allie. And Hannah's like, Allie? Because Allie's like right up against the glass, like looking in. Uh, but then someone grabs Allie from behind and kind of pushes her out of the way. And it, it's hard to tell, but it, it looks like the like gas mask costume person. Ezra, well, she, maybe. she jerks like she's just been grabbed or stabbed. It's like they like grabbed her and like kind of pushed, like threw her out of the way. Right. And then the, and then Hannah jumps back and she freaks and pounds on the door and the gas mask like appears right outside the glass. You know, as we can see that it's, it is, he's close enough. We can see who it is breathing hard, looking in. Mm-hmm. And Hannah turns and grabs a phone receiver for a weapon. And then when she looks back, this guy's gone. Uh, so it's like no one's out there. And then the door handle starts to turn and Hannah like kind of pr- prepares herself. But hey, it's just Miranda who opens the door. She's like, hello. And Hannah's like, hi. Who are you? It's like they're trying to like out who the fuck is this bitch each other. Mm-hmm. It's here that I realize that Miranda's shirt is basically the floral print that used to be on your grandmother's wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the commercial, we're with Hannah and Miranda as they're walking down the hallway outside the old-timey phone booth. Hannah asks if Miranda lives here, which would they ask every character that they don't know. Do you live here? Um, Miranda says that her uncle does, or at least she thinks he does. <laughs> Brenda says that, that who she was looking that's who she was looking for when she found Hannah. Hannah's all business, Terminator mode. She might as well say, like, come with me if you want to live. Um, Hannah asks, who else lives in this house? Miranda's like, well, how the hell should I know? And Hannah then says, you know, there was people running the hall. Miranda must have seen them. It was just moments ago. Uh, Miranda says that she's the only person that the only person that she's seen in the house is Hannah. She asks who Hannah is, and Hannah's like, Well, why should I tell you? And Miranda says, Because I'm the one who let you out of the phone booth. And Hannah says, Well, how do I know you're not the one who locked me in the phone booth? I love this because Hannah's like a foot taller than Miranda. <laughs> and Hannah's not super tall herself. Well, it's like Hannah can like dump all the attitude she wants on Miranda, like the attitude she wishes you could drop on Arya. But you know, Hannah says that Miranda, you know, you could be from here. Yeah, Maybe you're trying to kill does. me. And Miranda um, says, if I was going to kill you, I'd use something better than a phone booth. That's like Hannah approves of Miranda's like current level of bitchiness, and she says, you know, doesn't know her as Hannah. Miranda like recognizes the name and just herself. Well, Miranda looks a little surprised, a little embarrassed, and she's like, Hannah, I'm Miranda. And then Hannah says, <laughs> okay, this is going to sound crazy, but I've got one friend in this house, and there are people trying to hurt her, and I've got some other friends who are trying to save the first friend, but then we all got separated in the tunnel, and now I got locked in a phone booth. And Miranda says, and what's the crazy part? Hannah's like, just let's get out of here and go find my friends. So they they go down the hallway. They pass the painting, The Isle of the Dead by Arnold Bachlan. Uh, you're going to see this painting a lot in background of episodes of PLL. You already have at least once. Um, just I'd that. love to know who on the PLL staff is in love with this painting. I can tell you. Oh, yeah. Just dirty. Oh. Uh, according to Nabokov, uh, keeping this in line of PLL in the past, uh, in one of his novels back in the day, you could find a print of this painting in every home in Berlin. Hmm. Dropping the Nabokov references, yo. Um, so Hannah wants to know the, the way that Miranda came here so they can go back out that same way. Miranda says that she thinks they're going the right direction, but she asks why they didn't just go back the way that Hannah came. And Hannah's just like, not a good idea. Yeah. So they keep walking, and then Miranda says, do you always dress like it's prom night on the Titanic? Basically, yes. Yeah. Uh, Hannah leads them through some double doors into well, a room. Sorry, sorry I, let's break this down. Uh, this is 
one of the points that I, you know, it's not a bad line, but I feel like it's a glaring error of this episode is it's like the audience is supposed to be somewhat grounded in with Miranda and like use her perspective on things here. It's obviously an atypical episode of PLO. Miranda's kind of a bitch, um, Spunky Brewster. And like while the X-Files is always so good at like using tertiary characters to provide like a bizarre glimpse into how silly the main characters were, I feel like it doesn't work on PLO. Like PLO already contains. It's, the, it's backwards. Yeah, the PLO already contains like the swirling vortex of madness that is Arya, and so I don't know how like a character like Miranda can really fit into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, through the double doors, there's a room of empty, unused coffins. Or coffins are all like on display. Like maybe this is a mortuary. And Han says, "What kind of business did you say your uncle's in?" And Miranda's like, "I didn't." So they walk into the room and investigate. Hannah finds a sign for Hinchley, Trumbull, and Collins. And Randa's like, oh, that's my uncle, the last one, Collins. So. Barnabas Collins? Yeah. Uh, Hannah sighs and moves to leave and calls Miranda to come. But then Randa hesitates because there's two coffins kind of side by side right at the front of the room and a cross on a lighted display between them. And Hannah looks back and says, Miranda, come on, no window shopping. And Hannah, or I'm sorry, Miranda still hesitates and then flashes back. To it's like the same room with Miranda as a young girl. She's between two coffins. A tall man walks over and puts an arm on her shoulder, and he says, "Don't try to understand, Miranda. Not now. Just know you'll be safe. That's what your parents wanted. And please forgive me." This is supposed to be her uncle, but it's clearly not the same actor or same voice yeah. used to play her uncle. So end of flashback. Miranda's like caressing a coffin. Hannah asks if she's okay. Miranda has tears in her eyes. She says that she was at her parents' funeral, even though she told people she wasn't. Hannah's face. Um, Hannah's I guess like, I said it so me? often, I started yeah. believing it myself. But I was there, and I remember a man. I think it was my uncle. But if he was there, then why did he leave me? Uh, so she's crying, and Hannah's like, I don't know. Uh, but I'll tell you what. When we get out of here, we'll find him, and I'll hold him down while you ask him. Deal. I want, I want Hannah to be like, some people have real problems, Miranda. <laughs> Um, so they walk out of the room. There's like a gust of wind and a spike on the soundtrack. It's like Miranda sees a weathered old piece of paper. It's, well, it's like a funeral program. It means something there. So she picks it up. She puts it in her pocket, falls Hannah. It looks very Honestly, worried, like shocked and worried. I would just be so much happier if the showrunners from PLO just did another remake of Dark Shadows. <laughs> I still remember the one from the 90s, the short lived one from the 90s. I loved it. I would love to see like the. They did the Johnny Depp movie, which was god awful. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, meanwhile, Arya and Emily enter the potion room. Uh, it's a room full of shelves with these strange bottles. Maybe it's medicine, maybe it's liquor, maybe it's like Eye of Newt. It's where the Ravenswood defense against dark arts professor. Yeah, and Emily says, I, I told you I felt fresh air. And there's an open window across the room, and they cautiously make their way over to this window and lean out, and then the camera pans up to show us that this window, this open window has a, uh, like a, a I don't even know the terminology here, but it's the window the slides tank. down, and like it, it's only half a window that slides down because this big jagged shard of plate glass is just like waiting to de- decapitate someone. Mm. Uh, and of course, uh, it like jiggles and slides a little as they lean out. Well, it's it's like you know, there's the haunted house vibe all over this, obviously, but there's also like a touch of the Final Destination franchise here, and a little bit of ghost. I don't know. I always think of ghosts when I see big, big plate glass windows that are waiting to slide down and like kill people. What would you think of, like, Emily and Paige started making, like, a clay thing right now? Oh, that'd be okay. With some Righteous Brothers playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the girls pull back in the room. I'm sure they're wondering, like, why they've got Shanghai into the shittiest parts of this episode. Um, let me Emily... let me just completely disrupt this. Speaking Please. of the Righteous Brothers. Yes. Uh, can you see Ezra doing the Top Gun Righteous Brothers song uh, for Arya, like, in karaoke? 
I can see him doing like uh, basically. You've lost that love and feeling. I can see him basically doing the Jerry O'Connell thing from Scream Two. Ah, like that flat, that flat. That hurts. Um. So yeah, Ezra OTP Endgame forever. Um. So blah blah blah. The girls like their their pretty little necks almost get cut off. Well, Emily's like, we could climb down the trellis, and Arya says, "What? Just leave them here?" Emily says, "No, and get help. Lots of help." And Arya says, what are you going to tell people? That a maniac has her dead friend who's really alive? Or maybe we could come up with some other, something a little more believable. Like, we're trapped in a haunted house. And Emily's, like, unbuttoning the bottom of her dress to get, like, some more range of motion. She says, think of a really good lie on the way down. They Nailed lean the out the window again, and that jagged glass kind of slides a little further down. They don't notice at all. And Emily's like, I think I could jump from here. And Arya tells her to be careful. And Emily's, like, full on, like, sitting on the windowsill, like, leaning out. But then they hear a scream. Uh, sounds like Allison saying, you can't keep me here. And so they, Emily gets off the sill and like kind of moves back away from the window just in time because that jagged glass like crashes down and their faces are both like, holy shit, like we almost just got decapitated. Like I said, Emily is Colonel Mustard from Clue. Mm-hmm. Also, it wasn't climbing down the trellis basically what they did in the first secret. It was, yes. Um, so meanwhile, Spencer comes out of, comes into what I first I thought was a bedroom. Then, there's like a cutout that leads to the creepiest ever greenhouse, which may just be the same set from season two. But Spencer goes in. Well, wouldn't it, wouldn't huh. this episode be more fun if they were doing a clue riff and it was like a like a you know locked room murder mystery or something where they're all trapped in a mansion and like, yes. yeah, like Toby died? If, if it was them, like Mona, Toby, Caleb, and they were all like invited to a house separately. Okay, who, who could we kill? Would it be like a new character, just like a random new character? Yeah, I guess you'd have to. It could be like, I don't know, like Jason DeLorentis or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could totally, like, that's what they should do, season six Halloween specials. There's a freebie right there. That would be so amazing. Yeah. Um, Spencer's so, just like, communism was just a red herring. Who would be uh, Tim Curry? Arya? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That just like, blow your mind? I feel like Mona. Oh. Hmm. That would be very interesting, considering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, Spencer pricks herself on a plant or something. She inspects it. We see the shadow. Someone approaches her. They knock over a plant. The pot crashes to the ground. Spencer gasps and turns. It's Gas Mask Doughboy, breathing like Darth Vader. They stare each other down for a moment, and Spencer charges at him. They grapple. Spencer is not fucking around. She grabs some shear, starts Well, he, he at pushes them. her away. And yeah. so then she she grabs some shears and starts swinging at them, cuts his hand like a yeah. like a slice across his right hand. That's important. Uh, and his helmet falls off, but his mask stays on. And, and she just like straight, he like he kind of moves in towards her, and she whacks him in the side of the head with those shears, and he just goes down like a pile of rocks. And Spencer kind of stands above him, breathing hard. Her shears kind of wound up, ready to deliver another blow. But then gas mask isn't moving at all for several seconds so she sets the shears down and bends over she's gonna reach for that mask see who this is but then gas mask guy wakes up just in time and grabs her hand he pushes her away and the hat back of her head like hits a shelf with a very painful sounding thud this would have been falls to the ground unconscious i mean this could straight up like kill spencer this could be the unfortunate killing blow for any other thing yeah. Um, Gas Mask Doughboy like picks up the shears, holds him as he like looks down at the unconscious form of Spencer Hastings for a moment. Uh, cuts him. But we don't we don't see what what's going to happen. Is he going to kill Spencer? We don't know. We cut yeah. away. Cut, cut, cut to this much more fascinating storyline with Miranda, which is yeah, this is almost almost more interesting than all of Toby's mom. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so Miranda, she's outside somewhere, seemingly on the edge of the cemetery. We can hear the music from the party that's still going on. Caleb shows up behind her, sees her, runs over to her. She's happy to see him. Miranda's like, you know, for a well, guy who's is... looking for somebody, you're not easy to find. Yeah, and uh, and he's just like, I didn't know I needed to be. Are you okay? And she's like, look, we can talk about that after. Right now, your girl needs a hug. And he gets this confused look on his face like, are you are you saying you're my girl or something? Uh, and then she nods over at Hannah, and Hannah's like over by the, woods by the tree line. And Hannah turns around, he runs over and hugs her, and he's like, oh, I've been trying to call you. Is everything okay? What's going on? Where is everybody? And Hannah's like, I lost them. I think A has Allie. So back to the conservatory. Emily and Arya run in. They find Spencer on the floor. They freak out and run over to try to wake her up. And Spencer comes to you, and she's like, A was here. And they, they're like, you're safe. Are you okay? And she says, where is he? And they hear another scream. It sounds like Allie. So they all look in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the mausoleum area. Hannah leaves, leads Caleb and Rand in. And she's like, it doesn't look like it, but this is a door. And it goes, and she goes over to the statue and she's trying to move it. It won't budge. To no avail, yeah. And she's like, why am I doing this alone? So Caleb pitches in and it's not moving. And he's like, are you sure that we're doing this in the right place? And she's like, yes, but it's not moving. Uh, and so Miranda, meanwhile, is like pulling apart some overgrown vines and she sees that there's like a name plaque on the wall and Han- Hannah's like, are you okay? And Hannah kind of, or I'm sorry, Miranda pulls the, the vines apart and there's like a little grave plaque for Miranda Collins. Ooh, that's suspicious. Uh, there's a picture of the deceased and it's basically like a doppelganger of Miranda. And period dress of period and Miranda's like, that's me. Yeah, it's like old, old period outfit. And then Hannah's like, Miranda, there are people with real problems in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so inside the house, Spencer, Emily, and Ari are running down a hallway. They stop, look down another hallway. They hear Allison scream out, help me. And then they hear Allison say, please, he's going to kill me. So they run down another hallway. They come to a room where they find an old reel-to-reel audio tape playing tapes of Allison De Laurentiis. Um, so they walk up. Allison on the tape says, help me, please. They hit, they hit stop. They hear footsteps behind them. They see a shadow in the doorway. Pause for effect. Then Mrs. Grunewald walks in and she says, You need to leave. You uh, shouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Grunewald's uh, like, You found the tunnel. And Spencer says, We followed Allison. And Grunewald says, So she was here. And Ari says, Is this? And then Grunewald cuts her off and says, This is my home. It will never belong to me. I'm merely its caretaker. Way too much info. And Emily says, and this room is your office? And she says, a space with no distractions opens the lines of communication. Uh, and Spencer says, so that was one of your sessions. And Grunwald says, six months ago, this tape was stolen. So this is like a taped, like, on a psychic reading with Allison or something. Yeah, yeah. Six Dion months Warwick's, ago. Dion Warwick's in the other room. Uh, so Grunwald makes a face, like maybe she just farted or orgasmed or honestly both. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sense that she had a psychic vision. So they ask her what she saw. She says it's not what she sees, but what she feels. She says that one of them has been touched by the one that Allison fears the most, which could mean anything. Um, but it also could be very, I mean, are we, very are we sexy. Touched, I mean, just like, did, did you bump into this person? Were you touched in a special place Were by this you, person? you, like, finger blasted in episode two of the show by this person? Um, so we're supposed to, I think, infer that this means Arya, right? So we focus on Spencer, though, as she takes that heart, and then she looks over at the other two. Meanwhile, Miranda shows Caleb those papers that she found in her uncle's house, the funeral program for the creepy guy in the bus. His name is Bert Ambrose. Yeah, she, she'd found that funeral program earlier. It's for that creepy guy in the bus. That's weird. And Caleb's like, there must be some explanation, a brother or something. And she's like, says he has no living relatives. Uh, meanwhile, Hannah's on the phone. She's telling the liars, like, meet them at the car. 
Caleb calls over and, and he's like, hey, is everything okay? And Han says, yeah, they're okay, but uh, they lost Sally again. Yeah, so over by Sunja's car. Miranda Emily's clearly has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, Emily's pulling a nail out of Sunja's tire. The tire's flat. Arya's just like, cool, can this night get any worse? Spencer will get the spare. So Spencer, like, she pauses and she's like, well, one of us knows how to change a tire, right? And, and then, then both, stands both up. Arya and Spencer just kind of stare at Emily. And Emily's like, and you're looking at me because I'm gay? And Harry's like, no, you just happen to be the sporty one. And Emily just like rolls her eyes, like hate stares at them, like fuck you guys. So basically, again, Emily is sporty spice, Hannah's baby doll spice, Spencer is posh spice, Arya's ginger spice, and I think Arya and Spencer both trade off being scary spice. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Mona could be very scary spice or something, or Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a roving mm-hmm. slot. So meanwhile, Hannah, Caleb, and Ren are walking together. Renna says that she's going to peel off here because she is, after all, literally the third wheel. Um, Hannah says that she doesn't have to go. She can come with them. And Renna's like, you're allowed to bring home strays. And Hannah smiles at Caleb and says, I've done it before. So tonight's the night that Hannah and Caleb do their favorite role play where they bring <laughs> home a sexy hobo and kill them. Only mm-hmm. for realsies. For total realsies. And Renna's like, thanks for the offer. If I can take care of myself. Been doing it for a long time. <laughs> oh, what a line. Uh, Hannah says, Caleb, help me out here. You can't just let her go back in that house. And Miranda's clearly just feeling awkward as they talk about her like she's a child. And Caleb says, look, uh, I know how it feels to want answers. I hope she finds the one she's looking for. And Miranda's like, come on, guys, get out of here already. Now, Hannah gives her a big hug like they're just like besties. And she says, it's an open invitation. You can always come to Rosewood. No, you can't. You're going to die in two days. Yeah, because Ravenswood's going to get canceled. And then, fuck off. Yeah. Miranda says, thanks. Bye. She walks off. Caleb and Hannah walk away. But it's clear this is... Not sitting well with Hannah, and Hannah says, God, I really don't think we should let her stay here. And Caleb's like, you heard her. It's not about wanting answers. It's about needing them. And they look back at poor, sad-ass Miranda, and Hannah says, damn it. She turns back. She gives Caleb a big, long, full kiss that goes on for about 10 seconds. And he's like, what was that for? And she says, for being the kind of guy I can ask to stay here and take care of a girl that pretty. What she should have said was, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Caleb's like, are you sure? Yeah, she's sure. He orders him to go help Miranda find her uncle and then find her when he gets home. And he says, I love you, Hannah Marin. I'm leaving the show now. Mm-hmm. So Hannah smiles, cut to Caleb walking back to Miranda, and Miranda's like, you're not leaving, are you? I'm sorry, that was terrible. And she says, you're not leaving, are you? And Can Caleb you do it says, again? not tonight. Can you do it again in Toby voice? You're not leaving, are you? Uh, Toby would say, you're not leaving, are you? Excellent. Also, Gone Girl is really good, you guys. I have not read the book. I don't know why my my robot Toby is so robotic. Um, I, so I think it works. Hannah's walking away. She's actually in the graveyard. She hears laughter behind her. She looks back. Spencer, it's... I'd like to talk to you about Fincher's mise-en-scene. <laughs> it's the two little girls in the red coats and black berets. We see that one of them is a little girl and the other is a, an older okay. woman who's a It's like a little person. Yeah, yeah similar hair. Uh, Hannah's face so hard. Yeah, she's totally freaked out. Uh, you saw their faces, just a little girl and what may, might be like her mother who's a little person or something. Uh, this just freaks Hannah's shit out completely. So yeah. back to Spencer's car. She opens the spare wheel well, uh, and it's empty, and Spencer's like, I don't believe this. They must have taken out the spare when Melissa and I got into that accident. That was like a year ago, Spencer. Like, you should have handled one. that shit. Yeah. Yeah, season one. Uh, and Hannah walks up, and they're like, where's Caleb? And Hannah says, he's taking care of a friend. Like, a friend of like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Ari says, all right, well, let's just figure out what we have to do to get out of here because I don't want to spend another minute in this fucked up town. Meta statement. 
And Hannah looks up and she's like, who is that? She's like, car approaching, bright, bright lights on. And they all kind of wait to see what's going on. It parks like right behind them. Yeah. Driver gets out and walks over to them. We can't really see who it is because these lights are so bright. But then, hey, it's Ezra. Uh, Arya walks over and she's like, oh. He says, uh, I've been calling. You didn't answer. I was getting worried. And he immediately like puts his arm around her. Uh, his right hand is suspiciously in his pocket. He puts his left hand, left arm around her. Uh, and I guess Arya's just cool with her friends knowing that she's two-timing. I mean, because well, this, like, this is like a total couple move. Well, the PLLs are just like, is this a thing again? Ugh. Yeah. But also, <laughs> what is different from their usual relationship where Ezra calls and Arya doesn't answer and he gets worried and he comes looking for her? Seriously, when, since when do you care? Because you're, you're weird, possibly A, that's why Ezra. Uh, and Ezra looks up, he's like, flat tire? Like he didn't do it himself. Uh, and Hannah says, yeah, and she doesn't have a spare. And Spencer just looks so annoyed by this. Like, just getting help from Fitz must just really just grind on her. Right. And Ezra's like, well, it's late. Why don't I give you guys a ride home? Because, so. of course, the teacher will give his high school girlfriend her ride, yeah. friends a ride home. Hannah and Emily are sold. Spencer's kind of lingering. And Ari's like, come on, we can send someone to get your car tomorrow. So she relents. She closes the rear yeah, door. Like, like who, your teenage SUV. car from your boyfriend? Spencer, I picked up your car. Unfortunately, yeah. I did not bring somebody with me. Would he then leave, like, uh, like leave Caleb's his own truck? Car yeah. <laughs> so Spencer closes the back of the SUV. I like the real quick shot as the back of the SUV trunk thing is closing and Spencer's walking towards the lights of Ezra's mm-hmm. car. There's both uh, figuratively, metaphorically, and literally a bit of shadow play going on with the lighting in this episode and how yeah. the characters are reacting. Well, that's a shame about this episode. Is they, they win all out visually, but I just don't think they had a story to back it up. Right. Well, and, and some of the set decoration or set design was really interesting, really intricate, mm-hmm. like amazingly put together. But at times it was also shot in a way where like, I have no idea where I am. I have no yeah. idea what's going on. This weird. I mean, I guess the, the whole point of Ravenswood is these characters are either on drugs or <laughs> the four of them have crazy overactive imaginations or probably I do. I don't know. Yeah. So, so brief yeah. shot of the car driving through the woods at night and then. We're back. The liars are all in front of Spencer's house. It's some, it's like a POV shot of somebody's watching them from the tree line outside Spencer's like compound as Arya's leaning in to talk to Ezra, like leaning into his car window as the other three liars wait in front of the gates of the Spencer compound. Some tongue there. Yeah, just a little. Does she have her hat back somehow? It's hard to tell. Um, so yeah, uh, where are we here? Yeah, so Arya gets out. Arya get, like leans back out of the car. Ezra drives off. Once he's gone, some twigs snap. The well, girls look over. Before that, as Ezra drives off, Arya kind of walks back over to the Spencer and the Liars. She has just very subtly, like satisfied, kind of poker face smile on as she walks up, and Spencer gives her this very slight smile as well. I do like the expressions that they exchange. As well, they... I feel like Arya is like, so satisfied that she knows she's going to spend the next four hours telling these girls about her fucking relationships. Arya's really channeling uh, Bono's daughter from the Nick as she walks up with that very subtle smile on her face. Can you imagine Lucy Hale, that southern accent from Eve Hewson? I believe I can. And so, but then, to interrupting this, uh, knowing... Smear some cocaine on it? <laughs> it won't hurt. Uh, they uh, a snap twig interrupts their kind of uh, eye chatter that's going on between them, uh, and they look over and hey, there's redcoats just like watching them from the tree line, and one of them calls out Allison. It's really hard to tell sometimes I when it's like eighty yard dialogue. Emily. Yeah, I think it's Emily. Uh, and so the liars all follow follow this. They they Mary run Chase. through some trees. They're giving chase. They end up in Spencer's backyard by the barn, 
Well, so there in front of them, as lightning crashes, there's Redcoat back to them, facing the barn, the barn where the Red- show all started. Redcoat has stopped, facing away. Lightning oh. is crashing. The music is rising. It's super intense. Arya asks, Allison? Long pause for effect. We see the hood comes off. We see all that blonde Red- hair. Redcoat the- takes the hood off. Then the blonde turns around. In slow motion, the hair swirling around, and it's Allison. It is really Allison. She's live. She says, did you miss me? I wonder how many takes, I would love to know how many takes they did of Did You Miss Me? Because, you know, for as bad as the rest of the episode is, this is absolutely perfect. They nail this. Like, her delivery of Did You Miss Me is part uh, playful, part, like, deeply sad, uh, part, like, you know, full of fear. Well, she's playing a lot of emotions. Yeah. In scene, and it's great. Yeah, I I love this reveal of Alice. She just turns around, and the only thing she could say is, did you miss me? And she looks like she could cry and laugh at the same time. Uh, And the liars are just, like, stunned and shocked and amazed, and, like, Arya kind of, like, breathes a sigh of relief. Um, It's a great moment as, like, the lightning crashes around. Yeah, they're all all very emotional. So, you know, halfway through season four, but it's been two and a half years since Allison disappeared, right? Well, and I remember watching this, and I was some change. You know, I didn't know what happened this episode. I was on the edge of my seat. I was sure they were about to like kill Allison off, like right at the end of this episode. I was like, she's gonna be alive, and then she's gonna die, and it's gonna suck. Red sniper dot appears on her forehead, and then her Mm -hmm. head jerks back. Um, yeah, so they're all like, "Oh shit!" Uh, Arya says it was you, wasn't it, in Ravenswood? Allison sees a light behind the girl. She tells him that she doesn't have much time. Things that it's still not safe for her here yet. Uh, Emily asks her not to leave again. She's like begging her not to leave. And Allison says, look, I want to come home, but you have to help me. Spencer asks why and who is she really afraid of? Uh, then she says to Hannah, she says, remember what I told you at the hospital, Hannah? Hannah is amazed that it was actually Allison there. Like, that was really you? So we hear like the footsteps coming up behind them. Spencer uh, or someone's coming up behind them through the brush. Uh, they look back. Well, at Allison's Alice. face kind of like tremors with fear. Yeah. yeah. The liars they, turn. There's someone approaching. They look back. Allie does the shush. She shushes them. Yeah. Uh, this person comes around the kind of fence, and it's Ezra. Mm-hmm. And the liars look back to him, and he's like, Arya. He approaches. She approaches him. Uh, he's got his right hand in his pocket again, suspiciously, maybe because well, it was cut by Spencer. In very film noir fashion, he comes out of the shadows as mm-hmm. he pulls the left hand out of his out of his pocket and holds up her cell phone. And he's just like, oh, you forgot it. And he's the right hand still in his pocket. And he kind of looks behind them and they turn back around and Allie is now gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone looks really fucking tense. Yeah, this, like, buried within this very, by PLL standards, subpar episode, at least uh, narratively, is just like, this wonderful moment of Allie's. For sure, for real, it's not a hallucination, it's not a dream, it's not maybe like a weird ghost thing in Ravenswood. No, she's back. She really is alive. Well, and I love it. they had it, she reappears to them for realsies in pretty much the same spot where, for them, Mm -hmm. she disappeared. Oh, Um, and it's, I mean, this is, this is, to me, this is the whole show. I was so happy they brought her back. This is, this is a dead girl show where the dead girl refuses to say dead. You know, she's... As you describe it to people, this is a show about a girl who flies around wearing a mask of her own face it's you know that that show where the the girl stays dead and they just solve her mystery that's not this show right. the mystery only gets more complicated and the girl's not even dead she's yeah. back and she's wonderfully awesome there are some people who don't like Allie's character i love her like Allie is wonderful she's, well, such, she's amazing 
she just throws like like a stick of dynamite of questions and and status quo bombs into mm-hmm. everything when she shows up. So meanwhile, back in Ravenswood, <laughs> the sun is basically coming up. <laughs> Caleb's knows a lot of kids are buried in the cemetery. They're walking through the cemetery like it's Ravenswood's public park. Yeah, uh, Caleb's, Miranda's like Caleb. What was your last name? And he says Rivers. Why? She sees something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a grave. Uh, she points out, hey, it's Caleb Rivers' grave, and there's a picture of your old timey doppelganger on this grave as well. Oh shit. Uh, this is supposed to be spooky, and they both look mildly upset, and they look around everywhere for like 30 seconds before well, the show ends. Yeah, it starts to pull away from them. This is where the credits were running, if you watched it the night it aired, you know, before running to the Pies of Ravens. They're looking around like they just got a text from A, you mm-hmm. know, a Supernatural A. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you watched it live, it went straight from this into the pilot for Ravenswood, which, thank fuck, we're not doing that. Well, so here, to, this to me is the, the, the problems with Ravenswood. It was an interesting concept where essentially the the plot line is the kind of old founders of this town like made this pact with essentially the devil to uh, protect the town's children from war. You know, whenever they go off to war, they'd, they'd, they'd come back safe. But in order to uphold that into the pact, like five children from each generation had to die in a freak accident. And so in the current generation, it's Caleb, Miranda, and like three other people that Luke, who we saw his sister and a, a girl named Remy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they get in a car accident at the end of the pilot, but they're rescued and only Miranda dies. And she basically comes back as a ghost on the show after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's all about figuring out this mystery of like this weird pack the town has made to uh, protect their their soldiers. In well, battle. So I only saw the first five episodes. And to me, one of the things is you had like the cyber wolf character. Who comes over to a supernatural show where he has literally nothing to do? Like, yeah, there's nothing with computers and Remy was their go-to information gatherer. I mean, mm-hmm. the closest they got was like Caleb, like trying to write an email to Hannah at one point. Well, that was the weirdest thing about Ravenswood is that Caleb didn't seem to fit into the show at all. They had these new characters. They had they had Remy, who is actually probably their best character, uh, who is like your dad, like ran the local newspaper, and she had like a weird sleepwalking thing, but she was cool. And then there were like Luke and his sister. Were the these brother and sister pair, and their mother was suspected of murdering their father. Mm. Um, but like Caleb just like stuck out like the sore thumb. Like to me, this is the biggest flaw of Ravenswood. I think it would have been a more interesting show if they didn't try to connect it to PLL's spinoff. Number one, because it there's like Ravenswood is overtly supernatural, mm. and PLL is not, and it really pissed off a lot of fans. And they wanted nothing to do with it because of that, because it's. You want those worlds to be separate. PLL is not a supernatural show, uh, but Ravenswood was, and so that just annoyed people. Well, because that's what made you know, like this episode seems so strange for PLL. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, the sun's coming up the next morning of this grave new world. The PLLs will be talking about the fact that Allison is dead. Allison yeah. has to come back at the end of this episode because otherwise, they're going to be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, what the fuck just happened in that town?" Mm-hmm. You know? And then the other, to me, I think big flaw is that they, they really underestimated their team fan base, I think, because they pulled Caleb away. They, they basically broke up, you know, Caleb. They broke up Hannah and Caleb to bring him to this new show. And I can remember going online and just seeing all these fans and like on Reddit and various comment sections elsewhere just being like, fuck Ravenswood. I'm not watching it. I want it to get canceled so that they'll bring Caleb back to, to Rosewood, you know, back to PLL. So, I mean, and, and that's what happened. Like, nobody watched Ravenswood because all their fans were pissed off because they took away, the, like, their favorite couple. So, following the Buffy Angel mode, would have Ezra been a better choice to go to Ravenswood? 
I don't, I don't think, I honestly don't think they should have, like, if you're going to spin off PLL, you shouldn't spin it off into a different genre with kind of different rules of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, like, the, you know, the, we joke about, like, the actual bad guys spin off or, or something like that. Um, it has to be in the same reality as PLL, whereas Ravenswood was like, oh, it's, you like go into an alternate dimension when you enter Ravenswood, and this is a town of supernatural stuff that happens. Well, since uh, they had they had Hannah show up a few times in Ravenswood. Yeah, and it it was just really awkward. Like, and the show, I mean, it was I it hadn't found its feet yet when it got canceled, but it, it could have been interesting. Is mm-hmm. like they, there were a lot of cool kind of spooky vibes to the show and interesting concepts, but Caleb never felt like he belonged. Mm-hmm. He just it was like, why is this guy from PLL on this weird ghost show? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the, the, by the way, the, uh, the, the little girl in the red coat, not the little person, but the girl, she turns out to be like the, like, avatar of, like, the, some demon or something. And she's mm-hmm. super creepy and evil. Like, that totally works on the show. Like, she's really creepy. Right. But you're just, it, I don't know. Like, too many things kind of kneecapped the show before it even got off the ground. I just think that the fans were never going to embrace it because it, it introduced elements into PLL they didn't want the supernatural element, and they just took Caleb away from Hannah. The little girl was like working with like the guy of like the super douchey Prince Caspian hair. Yeah, like uh, 2010 circa uh, Dawson Leary. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that that's Ravenswood, and it's a shame because I feel like there are good spinoffs you can do, and I feel like they had neat ideas for a show. They just should not have combined the two. They should have. Made Ravenswood its own show, not connected to PLL, where they should have spun it off any different way. So, you know, stay tuned to this podcast to see if we ever see Caleb Rivers again. Basically, what's going to happen is you're actually going to leave the podcast now to go do a Ravenswood podcast. Uh uh And I'm just going to do the PLL podcast on my own until season five. I think we've made that joke like several times now. But tune in for me to do Bros Watch Ravenswood, too. (laughs) And then I'm going to come back in about 12 episodes as an alcoholic. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was Great New World. Uh, fortunately, that episode. You were a tourist. You're just a tourist, man. That episode ends with the wonderful awesomeness that is Allison Delorentis. She is back. She is alive. I I can't wait for more of her character. She's so much fun. What has she been doing this whole time? Mm-hmm. What is Ezra's connection? Because I, I I feel like like I think people want it not to be Ezra as gas mask guy to be like they're trying to talk themselves into like well maybe Ezra's still a good guy or something but like that was Ezra he was he had that gas mask outfit he puts the gas mask on and he's all creepy and he hurts his hand and later he's hiding his hand um and and I think he can say like well he's not being totally evil because he didn't attack Spencer Spencer she attacked him. him yeah and he like you know maybe just accidentally pushed her into the shelf and he did, you know, he could have killed her if he wanted to. She was unconscious. She had the garden shears in hand. He didn't do anything to her. So I feel like, yeah, that, that was Ezra. I don't think there's but like two gas mask guys running around. This was the beginning of so many fandoms echoing throughout time. I don't trust him. Oh, oh yeah. God, the, when, when Ezra him. was revealed as, as A or at least someone very suspicious, uh, man, the internet was rough that day for the, the tweens who watched and, the show. Well, it changed PLO fandom. Like mm-hmm. hardcore ever since. Like there are people who like never were able to shake off that crack, you know. <laughs> um, but also one of the things too, if Allison is back, if she is alive, one of the first questions that probably comes in your mind is also the title of our next episode: Who's in the box? Who's in the fucking box? Who is buried in that box that has Allison De Laurentiis's name on it? If that is not Allison, yeah. 
and that's what we will talk about next time. Uh, that is a Joseph Doherty written Chad Lowe directed joint. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and 4B, I gotta say, like, 4A really, like, there's the, the vibe that it's occasionally spinning wheels, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to them trying to, you know, gear up for Ravenswood and whatnot. 4B just, man, it's good times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some of the strongest episodes of the show. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it leads to season five, which is amazing. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I think that's about it. We'll be back next time to talk about who's in the box. And uh, as we charge towards the uh, 4B finale, 5A, 5A finale, we're catching up. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back. Bye-bye. Bye.